This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Because um, someone that I have come to really value as not just a radio guest, but a friend, and someone who has become incredibly popular with the audience is uh, Dana Michelle. If you have not heard any of my previous conversations with her or seen her on her own platforms, you're really in for a treat because she is a terrific talk show host and talk show personality. She is an attorney and she's the founder of something called the Homecoming Challenge. Every single time, the three or four times she's been on this program, we've gotten just incredibly positive feedback. The only complaint being that uh, sometimes the segments were a little too short. So we have earmarked the entire hour for oh, wow. a discussion of a, unless it gets boring, for a discussion of a <laughs> wide variety of issues with uh, Dana Michelle. Dana, it's great to see you. It's great to be here. It's great to be back. It's great to see you. So well, thank you for having me once for, again. Thanks for being had. Uh, so you landed, I guess, about three hours ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we got in tonight. Straight from the airport to the radio station. I love this. Barely. Just had time to stop and uh, go to a food truck. Get get some food, get some pizza. Um, so it's it's good to be back. So uh, I guess you know you're you're from Chicago. Yes. And the debate always goes: what's the superior pizza, the New York slice, which is more of a, a thin crust, or the Chicago deep dish style? What's your preference? There's a debate. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. What do you got? Where did they start that? <laughs> deep dish all the way. You know, I do feel, uh, I like deep dish, but I feel like it's a bit of an unfair comparison because. Chicago's they, so good. No, because they're really <laughs> such different things. Uh, the, the deep dish pizza, it's almost kind of like you're eating uh, a, a souffle. Slice of heaven. <laughs> Come on, you can say it. No, they're, they're, Speak from the heart. In Chicago, there is pizza other than deep dish, right? They That's have true. a thinner crust, right? We do. So how would how do you compare the so, – but deep dish is your jam. You're a deep dish person. I love deep dish. And, and you, know, you know, you have kids. You have, a, you have a child and I've got kids. So you're going to have a lifetime for the next 15 years of pizza. Every party, <laughs> everything you go to is going to be – pizza is going to be on the menu. So I have kind of fallen off of pizza a little bit. But, you know, when you travel, like I said, I've had pizza. You guys have pizza here. I know. Uh, have you tried it? It's I have. from Grimaldi's. It is we, it, Grimaldi's is some of New York's best pizza, and it's the official, official pizza of our radio station. It, so uh, we love really that. It is really good, so thank good. you. Um, but, but I do love deep dish. Like, when I go pizza... I go deep. Dish. You know, one of the things I thought would be fun, we were just talking a minute or two uh, before we, we got started here. You're in town for a couple of days. You have, you know, some plans on Saturday night in, in Brooklyn, but sounds like you have some flexible plans for the next couple of days. What I would love to get from the New Yorkers who are listening, and we have a substantial New York audience listening on WABC, I'd love to get suggestions for something that you can do. Now, you're here with your significant other. Yes. And 
and a family. total yep. of three children, three right? Three kids, yep. Um, the youngest being 13, yep. oldest being? 16. 16. So three children between the age of 13 and 16 and two adults. Uh, I would love for the New Yorkers in our audience to call with a quick suggestion <laughs> of something that Dana should do with Paul and their collective children. And I would, uh, you know, I would appreciate it if it's something a little out of the box. Don't say the Statue of Liberty. Don't say the Empire State Building. Don't say all these typical touristy things. But if there's something that a guidebook wouldn't show, there something you that we, you people wouldn't necessarily think of just by Googling things to do in New York City... <laughs> Give me a call or give us a call and tell Dana what, what, what we should do. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Now, I introduced you as the founder of the Homecoming Challenge. That was the first conversation that we had. You got into this. Um, the Homecoming Challenge, in a nutshell, involves uh, people that are adults, successful professionals going back to their alma mater and reaching out to whomever was in their dorm room and sort of being a a mentor to them, right? That's exactly right. Yep. It's a surprise visit, an impromptu mentoring session to connect alums um, because when they go back to school, oftentimes it's a missed opportunity to connect with students. You know, they're there for their homecoming. They're there to visit their friends see other alums, um, but to really pour into the students that are currently there, specifically the ones in their dorm room. But if that's not possible, uh, because with security and things, sometimes it's tough to get into your actual room. But it's really just about connecting with students that are there. So I encourage people when they say my dorm's down or it's locked or I can't get in, you know, any student would love to get a little bit of change, a business card, um, and just some words of wisdom about surviving the next couple of years you know, at at that institution, at that school. So now, when when you were here about a year ago, you had just been laid off from your job as true. as an attorney, and you know you weren't necessarily sure what your next step was going to be. How are things going for you uh, professionally these days? It'll be a year on Sunday, um, so that's a great a great memory. I um, that was one of the scariest times of my life. Hmm. You know, professionally. Um, Losing my job, I was in. I was part of the big tech layoffs of last year, and um, even though I was an attorney, I was working at a at a technology firm. And um, people said to me, "You know, you're always gonna you're gonna bounce back. It's gonna be uh, better than it was." And I think I think it has. I, I landed at a company um, that produces food. I'm in the food industry now, and we are the number one meat producer for a lot of places that. Um, People enjoy Chipotle, McDonald's, Subway, et cetera. Now, when you're an attorney, whether you're working for a a big tech firm or whether you're working for a company that's in the food business, is a lot of your role the same or is it totally different? Do you find yourself working on totally different things? Some of the things, you know, a contract is a contract is a contract. You know, I specialize in um, commercial law, which is not commercial real estate, which people often assume, but it's the buying and selling of goods and services. So... Um, when you contract like procurement, supply chain, et cetera, those types of deals are similar, but it's the company, the culture um, that's that's different. You know, my the last company I worked for before this one uh, was a twenty six billion dollar company, over seven hundred thousand employees. The legal team was about two thousand lawyers worldwide, which is a small. I mean, it's bigger than some law firms. Mm-hmm. Um, this company that I'm at is much smaller, 
Uh, and in terms of the size, it's a legal team of 12. So I report directly to the general counsel. In food, you get a lot more. Um, the issues are much more tangible. Um, you know, if, if meat is left out and it goes bad, you know, that's a problem. If somebody mislabeled right. something. If someone leaves out a microchip, chances go. are you could still use yeah, it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's similar similar um, type of work, but but different problems, different issues that come up. And that's the fun part about practicing law. My plug um, for anybody who wants to go to law school is that it's been a great life-changing experience. And there's so many different things that you can do. I was listening earlier to, you know, the segments you were talking about in, in politics. A lot of politicians have legal backgrounds. Um, you can you can be a professor. You can practice law. There's so many just different and interesting, cool things you can do. Now, since last thought, well, actually, a lot of people have already come up with a lot of great suggestions for what you and the family should do while you're in town. Here we go. She's only here for three or four days, folks. So just, you know, or maybe three days. Don't don't overwhelm her. But we're going <laughs> to we're going to take the best of the best suggestions and uh, and send Dana a list. Let me begin with Joe in Queens. Joe, what do you have for us? Yeah. I just feel that the Metropolitan Museum, with the, just just the history of that and how uh, it's just very, very unique, and then go out and hit Central Park and walk around the reservoir. That's very with some Madonna and all these people used to jog around. Uh, or just walk around Central Park, particularly the reservoirs right there. So the, the Metropolitan of Museum of Art coupled with a Central Park trip is your suggestion. Right, right. And, and walk around the reservoir at least once. It's a mile and a half. What do we think, That is, that is classic New York, and I love it. Have you done that ever? I, I have been to Central Park. Um, but we, you not, have not done the Met? We have not done the Met. No. Okay, well, no, maybe, I'm, I'm putting kids. it on the list. I'm yeah, putting it on the that's list. A good, that's a great suggestion. Thank you. Pete, uh, what do you have for uh, Dana here? Pete? Yeah, hello. Hey, Pete, what do you have for Dana? Give me your suggestion. Yeah, this is Pete, the uh, doorman from Park Avenue, and I just want to give a suggestion for Dana to take a nice horse and carriage ride in uh, Central Park. Beautiful. W- what do you think? Maybe you could even combine that with the uh, Metropolitan yeah. Museum. Uh, yeah, trip. yeah, that would be a good combination. Hey. I was surprised at how expensive. Oh, it's a car- fortune. I- it's a fortune. <laughs> and it's so funny because the kids will look at you with those with those puppy dog eyes, like, please, you know, and it melts your heart. Yeah, here's 500 bucks. Exactly, exactly. But that is a great suggestion. It's a it's a beautiful thing and kind of romantic, too. So, uh, all right, we, get, we got that on the list. Yeah, people think folks are trying to abolish it because of cruelty to animals. They're trying to abolish it because it's so expensive. <laughs> these guys are getting hit up for these crazy amounts of money. Pete, give me a suggestion for Dana here. Well, I would say around 20th Street, there's a lot of stuff. You know, you mentioned Grimaldi's Pizza, of course, that's the stop. You know, he's got a lot of stuff in there uh, that's like uh, artwork. He's got a Marilyn Monroe statue, and uh, he's got the guys that are on the beam, and a lot of things. It's so uh, breathtaking. And in the area there is uh, a lot of, like, stores, staples, and uh, Home Depot. It's a good area. Pete, you know, I feel like kids. that's kind of an imprecise suggestion, though. I mean, you're saying go near 20th Street because there are a lot of stores? I mean, it's it's New York. There are stores well, everywhere. a lot of stuff in the area. All right, okay. The area. All right. I, I'll, I was uh, going to originally say the fishing pier off the Sheridan's Road in Staten Island, which is going to only be a four days. Yeah, it's a bit of a hike. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of yes, a hike for, for from where they're staying. Have you been to the High Line yet? That's really nice. No, what oh, is that? Okay. It's it is an above ground park. You got to check it out. That I think um, is, and it's new enough that you know there's still some novelty to it. Joey, any suggestions for Dana? 
Well, I got four places. Four? Okay. Four. Jeez. Let me get a pen. I have to pay him overtime. I'm, I'm writing these down okay, for you. Okay, good. <laughs> You're going to be here in the spring, Yankee Stadium. Well, she's here now. There's no hey, baseball we're, we're going here, on. We're now. here now. Well, Bronx Zoo is good now. I don't know. Would the Bronx Zoo be good, Joe? Or would the Bronx Zoo be good? The Bronx Zoo. Bronx, Bronx Zoo. Zoo. Okay. okay. Well, but, well but I'm from Chicago. Yeah, you know, exactly. This is, we're, we're not Floridians. <laughs> what else you, you got, Joe? Uh, what about Wohop? Wohop. Well, Chinatown in general might be what worth exploring. Wohop um, is basically a Chinese diner. Okay. It is open right now. You could go there right now. It is a 24-hour stop in in Chinatown. I'll be honest. I, I made a movie about Wohop. It, it really is a fun place, but it's fun really because of the characters that are in there. I have to be honest. There is much better Chinese food in almost any direction in Chinatown. And people get very upset, but they have such fond memories of Wohop because it's the only thing open at 4 o'clock in the morning. So you show up there after a night out, usually yeah. drunk, yeah. and whatever you bring, whatever they bring you, it's greasy or it's the same as whatever you'd get anywhere else. <laughs> it just tastes so good, and it's so satisfying. But I think Chinatown uh, is a is a fun trip. There's a lot, to, uh, a lot to do there. We'll do one more, one more. Jerry, what do you got for Dana? Any good suggestions? Yeah, I got a couple. Of, one is on I think twenty fifth, a little bit east of uh, of Fifth uh, Avenue, the Math Museum. Oh, the Math uh, Museum. No, That's not bad. I've never been. I don't know if the kids yeah, will like that one. Yeah, <laughs> these kids are trying yeah. to enjoy their couple of days off yeah. from school and, here. They don't they're want they're to be mad at you and me. You, uh, you got one more, Jerry? I do, Frank. Uh, the other is, uh, you know, every uh, neighborhood has a precinct, you know, and. The public is welcome to go in, and like in the morning time, and you hear all kind of minor cases. A guy was blocking a door, or this or that. New York, uh, and listen to uh, uh, to, uh, to have a conversation with a police officer. So, They're one of a kind. To so go into a police and, precinct. Yeah, go into a police <laughs> precinct. I'll put it on the yeah. list. Uh, so math precinct. and cops. There you go. This is a, a winning combination. Now, this is the Thank nocturnal. You. These are the nocturnal New Yorkers. <laughs> the, these are Maybe we'll, you'll also have to try an exercise with people that are awake during the day as well. Who knows? All right. Um, a lot that, uh, that I want to get into with you. Since last I saw you, uh, you and your significant other were recently featured by ABC Chicago on your relationship. Yep. Uh, what's so newsworthy about your relationship? Relationship. Why were you guys featured on ABC well, he's Chicago? Amazing. Um, so it's that rare to find it, a guy it, that's dateable. <laughs> that just because he's amazing, you guys got on the news. Well, the, it was about matchmaking, mm-hmm. and um, you know, our story is is we were connected through a matchmaker, um, and it's it's a story I think about giving people hope um, and and finding love in uh, more less conventional conventional ways um the online dating gets old after a while um and it's about meeting meeting somebody through that process um and just kind of how it's turned out and so far so good did both of you use a matchmaker or was one of you the main person it's a bit it's a bit complicated um a girlfriend of mine is a matchmaker we were neighbors in chicago before i moved out to the suburbs and um he has a friend who introduced him to a different matchmaker. Those two matchmakers talked and are friends. And um, his matchmaker effectively um, introduced him to some people who 
we won't even we won't even focus on. <laughs> um, I call myself Bachelorette Number Five, but um, you know he he had met some some ladies and um, was not really you know interested Got in going in those directions. Sure. Yeah, it didn't work out, and um, so his matchmaker called my matchmaker basically and said, um, you know, I've got this great guy. Um, do you have anybody that I can introduce him to, et cetera? And she was like, I got it. Um, and they basically connected us, you know, together and the rest was, the rest was history. Now you were maybe his fifth attempt at, you know, finding a, a match and uh, kudos to him for sticking with it because after, you know, strike three, a lot of times you wouldn't, you maybe you try to think about meeting someone through an alternative means, but was he your first attempted match through this method? Um, no, no, no. I have been divorced for um, no. But I'm saying through using a matchmaker. Through using a matchmaker, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. I had I had been introduced to other people before. So, so it sounds like if people are considering this, and we had a matchmaker in studio recently, and she was answering some questions about how matchmaking's changed a little bit over the years. But if you're if people are listening to this and wondering about their own relationships and meeting someone. The, your message, it sounds like, might be don't give up if it doesn't work out. Oh, yeah. There's there's so many different things. You know, you can't – you can't you have to be matchable. Uh, you have to be a good match. And I think there's some people who need coaching. Dating is a skill. And I think that there are people out there who could use a good coach, you know, who could use some dating advice. Um, you have a personal trainer. You know, you have someone that cuts your hair, someone that cuts your grass. I don't know if people have grass out here. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you have professionals come in and help you with things that you need. Dating is no exception. And I think that if people are finding themselves struggling in that category or that area, it's nothing to um, be hesitant about. You know, get out there. Have a coach because you can get such great tips on what to do, how to be out there. Um, And sometimes the, the online dating is just... So informal. People are up. People are on there for all of the wrong reasons. Um, but if you're really interested in finding the companionship that you like, something that suits you, a matchmaker, whether it be a professional, someone that you hire, or just a friend, um, I, you know, I think a lot of people meet people through friends. Uh, I think sometimes the the club scene gets old as you, as we get older. Just being out and about. Right. If you're working during the day, taking care of the children at night, Absolutely. when are you going out to a club yeah. to try and meet someone? Exactly. And, and Tinder is just maybe not maybe not the thing, right? So it's, it's about making meaningful connections. What a matchmaker does um, that you can't get elsewhere is really tries – they really try to personalize the experience. I mean they take into account what you like, what you're looking for. A good matchmaker will tell you if what you're looking for is unrealistic, Right. Um, and, and really help you find something that, that may be what you need, even if it's not necessarily what you think you want. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Dana Michelle. She is an attorney, a, a talk show host, which will tell you more about how you can see what she's doing in, in a bit. She's the founder of something called the Homecoming Challenge. If people are interested in learning more about the Homecoming Challenge, by the way, what's the best way for them to learn more about it and maybe take part in it for themselves? Yeah, you can follow the Homecoming Challenge. We're on Facebook and Instagram, um, and you can... Follow Just along search with us. the homecoming challenge. Yep, the homecoming challenge, um, and you'll see Dana being Dana on there as as long as well as the T-shirt king, who is my co-founder. But um, we will be planning and getting ready for our tour. 
coming up. We kind of go in the fall season, summer and into right, fall, makes sense. Um, when most alums are returning back to campus. You said a minute ago, dating is a, a skill just like anything else, and you need to hone your skills just as you would a professional trainer. So often we hear, it's almost become a cliche, we've heard it so often, that the key in any good relationship is be yourself. Now, some people may hear what you're saying and say, well, you know, you're talking about coaching. You're talking about working on improving your dating game. Does that conflict at all with the message of be yourself? You need to be your best self. I have a girlfriend who is still single to this day. God bless her. Um, but I remember she told me a long time ago that I'm just going to be me and he's just going to have to love me for me. Not true, right? Like you can be you, but if you're someone that is intolerable, if you're someone that is selfish, if you're someone that is superficial, right? Nobody has to be with that. I think we all have things that we need to work on in life. Well, not me. You're perfect. But we all have traits and things that, um, that we all can work on. And I think finding the right partner is someone who makes you a better person. This relationship that I'm in now encourages me to be a better me. Um, it, it, it pulls you out of your ways that are perhaps unsavory or, or things that you need to work on um, and helps you become the best person you can be. That's outstanding. And how long are you guys together now? Uh, it's been about a year and a half. Uh, that's really wonderful. And in a minute, I want to ask you a little bit about how it works in terms of getting, um, you know, uh, children that you both have separately together and how yeah. that affects the relationship dynamic. Oh, blending. You know, as far as that uh, ABC Chicago piece, which I thought was quite interesting, Rachel Miller, who is a therapist, was featured on there. And she talked a little bit about dating apps versus using a matchmaker. Here was Rachel Miller. Dating apps, they're pretty quick and dirty, in a sense. You can get on there. I mean, there, there's like over 76 million people on there. That's its blessing and its curse, because uh, a lot of people find that to be overwhelming. With matchmaking, you know, the upside is there tends to be more vetting. Downside being, it's a lot more intentional, it's more work, and obviously more expensive. Would you agree with that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, they do the work for you. Um if you are looking for, like I said, if you're looking for particular qualities that are valid, right, then they'll help you find some of those. If you're just saying, I want somebody who's extremely good looking, right, they're going to sit you down and have a conversation and say that those people are already taken, right, me and you. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. But they're going to say, you know, maybe you should reconsider, you know, what, what's, what are you really getting at if that's what you're looking for, right, if that's the only thing you're looking for. You know, there's a reason why you may not have found that yet, because a lot of times when people are bumping their heads in the dating world, it's because they haven't learned lessons from the past um, and applied them to their future dating lives. I remember a friend of mine, a female friend, she had this is 10 years ago, but it really stuck stuck out with me. Her friend was telling her that she, what she was really looking for in a guy was someone who had a lot of money. That right. was her primary criteria. And my friend Loretta, you know, I think she minds me saying that my friend Loretta told her, you know, what is it that you're bringing to the table Correct. that someone would get out of a relationship with with you? Yeah. And I, I really think um, that whether it's it's looks or money or whatever you're looking for, I thought that was a really important question to ask. What are you bringing to the table oh, in yeah. terms of a relationship? Yeah. I had a girlfriend who once said that she she didn't 
She couldn't understand why she couldn't get a date or a solid relationship because she kept saying to guys when she met them, I don't want to work for the rest of my life. (laughs) So you're laughing now. And she's like, I don't understand why guys don't like me. You know, and the question I said to her is, are you an asset or are you a liability? Are you an asset or are you a liability? Uh, And it's about what you're bringing to the table. And by the way, if people have questions for Dana, you're welcome to uh, give us a call. You can ask anything uh, about relationships or about the legal aspects of the meat supply business, which uh, she knows (laughs) all about. Both are scintillating. 800-848-9222. Dana Michelle, founder of the Homecoming Challenge. We're going to continue straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, my very special guest is the one and only Dana Michelle, attorney, TV talk show host, and the founder of the Homecoming Challenge, and really a a Jill of all trades, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, someone who is uh, really a great person with an incredible energy and seems like a decent mom. I, I had the privilege of meeting her 13-year-old, Lena earlier, and uh, Lena, aside from the fact that she's up way past her bedtime, seems adequately cared for. Um, <laughs> Dana, by the way, if people want to check out your, your show, what's the best place for them to do it? We, uh, my The television show, Dana Being Dana, is on Naperville Community Television. So it's Naperville is a suburb of Chicago, right outside of Chicago, and it's nctv17.org. Okay, nctv17.org. Yep. They can check it out not, there. Not to be confused. A lot of people confuse it with uh, NC17. That's right. That's right. That, that, that We'll get a lot of hits. NCTV. If, if, if right? that's what people think it is. <laughs> Believe me. It's a different kind of show. Uh, let me ask you, before we move on from relationships, and a couple of people have questions for you, we'll, we'll get to them. 800-848-9222. You're talking about um, blended families and meeting through a matchmaker. There was a really interesting article in the ARC Republic the headline was, when it comes to dating, old is gold and offline dating is even better. Now, it seems like forever ago, but during the COVID pandemic, people really didn't even have the option of meeting someone for the first time in person. Everything was through a computer screen. What do they mean when they say old is gold? Does that mean older folks are now the, the prime dating demo? What, what is that? What's that all about? I think it means that the way we used to do things, um, you know, there's something special about it. I think it's a lost art um, of dating in person. And I, I tell people, I'm not a dating expert, but I do have a lot of thoughts and advice. But but get off the apps as quickly as you can. Um, get to meeting somebody in person. Get that that interpersonal connection. See what you have there and really kind of work that out. I don't think you can get that through an app solely. You know, there are people who, who stay on apps forever and they, they just hello beautiful, you know, all day long or hey, 
cutie or big head or whatever people say um, to get things going. And it's it's you've got to get off the apps if you really want to get to know somebody, if you really want to see if there's compatibility. It's it's not the profile. It's really about getting to, to meet someone in person. Uh, tell me how it's worked out with you and your significant other, each of you having children that are teenagers. How, yeah. how has that worked out? Well, blending is, is not easy, but I think it's, it's definitely worth it. I think what's always important whenever you are dating with children um, and you decide to, to blend your families or bring your families together, um, wh- whether you're divorced or, or not, uh, it's about what you're gaining versus what you're losing. So a lot of times, you know, as as a lot of people know when you're dating after divorce, people are afraid that that they're losing their parent, right? They're they're losing their parent to this other person and it's really about about gaining. Um I'm divorced, my children, um their father is remarried and I support that relationship. I want them to, you know, um bond with their stepmother and be close to her as well and that's a couple that that loves them, you know, just as much as I do. And I want them to understand that they have, you know, potentially four people who will love on them and, and add different things to their lives. I think when you're confident in your parenting um, and when you're confident in who you are, it's easy to be open to to blending. And um, you want to raise that confidence in your children and, and let them know what what they're gaining um, it's not easy, but I think it's certainly worth it. And we're at a point now, we've got four kids between us and, um, you know, the kids are getting along, you know, it, it's it's a process. It's not perfect, um, but we're learning and growing. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time how much they have to gain from the man that's in my life, you know, and I want to give the same to his, his kids as well. Um, because I think that's important. It's certainly important to keep in mind, uh, especially for moms, especially today, first day of Women's History Month, right? That's right. Uh, hey, let's meet one made, of... I just missed Leap, leap, leap Year, <laughs> exactly, Leap Day. Exactly. We had a whole party for, for Leap Day. <laughs> uh, let's meet one of these well-adjusted young people that you have uh, been been rearing for the last 13 years. Lena, who I'm told has so much confidence, she's actually the queen of skincare, which is quite a title. And Lena, I didn't want to tell you this, but the real reason I wanted you to come on the radio is because I have psoriasis. I'm hoping you can recommend a, a product or something that I could use for my psoriasis. Is there anything at all that you can recommend? Um, I like the Bioma Clarifying Serum. The what? What kind of what kind of clarifying serum? Um, Biome is the brand. Biome. Clarify. I will have to try that. See, I've already you, gotten you a lot out of this You can't afford it. You need interview. a whole loan. And really? A whole, like, there's a whole budget plan. So, uh, a financial Lena, planner. What does it mean when we, we call you the, the queen of skincare? Is that a hereditary title? Is that something that's self-proclaimed? Is that something that you've been bespo- bestowed upon by by others? How Are you into skincare? What's the story? Um, I just like like a lot of skincare. So. <laughs> we have nice skin. Is that a, a function of genetics or is that a function of a lot of uh, maintenance and the products that you're taking? Be honest. Maintenance. Maintenance. Okay. <laughs> How are you enjoying uh, being in New York? It's fun. I've never been to Chicago. How does New York compare to Chicago? Um, I feel like I'm used to Chicago more, but it feels the same pretty Do, much. Really? Okay, well, I—that's uh, good to know because when I'm there, I won't feel—I won't feel alienated at all. That's—that's that's nice. Is this—is it odd for you to be awake at this time? 
Kind of. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you and me both. Believe me, uh, you're in, you're in good company. All right. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Dana Michelle is here, and the lovely Lena is here. You do L I N A or L E E N A or an alternative spelling? L E N A. L E N A. Good for you. Good for you. Jacqueline is in Brooklyn. Hello, Jacqueline. Good morning, Frank. Morning. Hi, Dana. Um, Dana, I have a couple of questions for you sure. since you have experience with a matchmaker. I've yeah. never used a matchmaker before, and I'm kind of curious. Um, there was a program that I used to watch on cable network. I don't remember the name of it. It was some years ago, and there was a family-run matchmaking business. I'm just kind of curious if, if that person, that the matchmaker that you used or that your significant other used um, is part of that matchmaking family mother daughter they have a son there's a son as well yeah based out of chicago matchmake chicago i think they were italian also i think they were italian but that's that's the people okay i was curious maybe the people yeah and they have been on television before that's absolutely right okay um the other thing i wanted to ask you since you have firsthand experience i've never used a matchmaker um and as i progress in my life Mm -hmm. uh it may be something that I would consider if I don't come in contact with the right person. And one of the things that I've learned from watching these different matchmaking shows, that one and another one that I didn't particularly care for, uh, they would often tell the people, well, you're too picky. And there are a lot of um, criteria that I have that are, are deal breakers. You know, so th- th- whoever I would be matched with, there, there are certain qualities that I would want in that person that I'm not flexible on. So how, how has that gone with you? What have you found with matchmaking? Yeah. And, and also to let you know, I'm, I'm 58, so it's not like I'm a, a spring chicken anymore. Yep, yep. No, I, I understand that. You know, one of the things that I think is really helpful is to put it out in the universe. In other words, if you have criteria if you have a long list i mean number one you have to look and say is my is my list reasonable um is it you know i'm not sure what what's on your list and i think we're all entitled to we know the things that we want we like what we like we want what we want um and you have to examine you know whether or not they're really deal breakers for you they they Um, are and i can share with you just a couple of things because it's it's nothing frivolous It, it it they're things that are really serious and important to me uh, I'm a practicing Catholic. I've never been married. Um, I personally don't have any children. That's not a deal breaker for me, but I could not be in a relationship with anyone that smokes. So yep. there, was, there are those certain things. You know, he doesn't have to be, uh, I don't know, what actor I could I could. Well, George say Clooney right now. is what they used to say, yeah, but now, now he's yeah, too old. Yeah, well, his politics, he kind of turns me <laughs> off. So. But anyway, um, you know, I, those, those are some serious things that are very important to me. So, and yeah, I mean, and I, I think, you know, not wanting a smoker, um, oh, you know, th- th- some of those things are, are basic and, and certainly quite understandable. Have you ever had a dating coach? No. Because sometimes you can talk to somebody and really get feedback on what you're bringing to the table and, and how you show up when it comes to dating. Um, which I think can also be very helpful. But I, I tell people, you know, put it out in the universe. I, my matchmaking friend knew that I was single and knew that I was not happy, you know, in my dating space. And she, because she knew that, 
um, she connected me, you know, with with the person that I'm that I'm with now. And so I think sometimes putting it out there in the universe, I think sometimes people want to date, but they don't tell anybody. They don't really say anything. Um, and then, you know, you get passed over for opportunities. I say da- dating, you know, over 40 is like musical chairs. You know, one year, you know, uh, a lot of people are out there. The next year people are, you know, married, um, getting divorced. People come in, in and off, often on the dance floor repeatedly. And mm-hmm. when the music stops, everybody just wants to be with someone. Everybody wants to have a seat. And I think that when you put it out there, when people know that you're you're looking and you're interested, et cetera, you come to mind when um, someone is available. I uh, introduced a, a couple that's been together now. It'll be a year, I believe, in April because I knew that my girlfriend was single and someone had asked me. They were looking to hook me up. They were looking to match me with um, – a gentleman and obviously I was in a relationship, but I said, I do know someone who is single and I introduced them. So I think, you know, playing matchmaker, I play one on TV. <laughs> um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional, but, right. if you, but if you know somebody, if you know somebody who knows people, right. Um, you know, letting, reminding them that you're interested, reminding them that you're looking, you know, et cetera, is a, I find a great way to meet folks. Uh, Jacqueline, let's say, I mean, um, uh, Dana, but with Jacqueline in mind, w- w- let's say someone's not ready or may not have the money to use a, the services of a matchmaker. Based on this Arc Republic article and what you were saying, how a lot of old school strategies for meeting people are effective, let's say Jacqueline's not ready to go the matchmaking route, but she's not ready to go the Tinder or the dating app route either. What would you recommend to her in terms of good places to to meet people in this day and age? Well, there's a bunch of suggestions we have about what to do in New York. Maybe you could start with <laughs> maybe you could start there. The Chinese the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, um, you guys you'll see Jacqueline at Wohop at 4 a.m. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, be out and about, you know, have fun, et cetera, live your life. And I agree with that to a certain extent. I would also add to that it's about being intentional. Right. You can show up to a networking event and not meet a single person. You can also show up to a networking event and work the room. Uh, you've, you're strategic. You're paying attention to who's there. Um, you're targeting, you know, the people that you want to meet. You're asking questions. You are um, leaving an impression, leaving a good impression that that resonates with the people in the room. So there's there's a way to work the room. Um, and I think dating and, and meeting people and being out there. Um, are are some of those things too. I think a lot of times, sometimes, you know, we can get caught up as women, you know, in like, I'm just going to hang out with my girls and have a great time. And that's great. But if you're going out and you're not out there with intention, you can get caught up in your girlfriend's night out. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to be more strategic and intentional if you're Mm -hmm. trying to meet people while you're out living your best Jack, life. Great, great questions. Best of luck to you. Let us know how it Thank goes. You. Okay. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Rich is calling from uh, a state near and dear to your heart, Dana, the land of Lincoln in Illinois. Hey, Rich. Oh yeah. Hello. Yeah, I'm in Carroll stream. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So you know exactly where Naperville is. What station are you listening exactly. to us on Rich? I'm listening on the WABC um, app. app. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. Great app. Best app in existence. Um, I've got a strange question. I'm not sure for whether or not, whether or not this is even warranted for me to even ask you, but I'm disabled and 
I only had unfortunate medical issues, which basically led me to be more of a shut-in. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, thanks. But that's where I think, do I even have any options regarding the dating? Because I've I've stopped looking, you know, because I just realized my medical situation mm. doesn't allow me to really leave the apartment. And um, do I really, does that rule me out of really any dating potential for obvious reasons, of course, the, you know, the lack of... Uh, I don't, Mobility. I don't think, yeah, no, I understand that. And, I, and I'm sorry um, to hear about, you know, your, your situation, but I think that, I think there's somebody out there for everybody. And I think that, you know, it's the companionship. If there's companionship that you want, there's companionship that I think you can get. I think there are people who don't necessarily want to go out. Right. And I'm not sure. Um, hmm. You know, I don't want to get all into your business, but in terms of, you know, I don't know if you can, if you can go out, if you can, if you can be out, et cetera. But I still think there's a ways for you to meet people. Um, There's, I think people have all kinds of situations um, that could otherwise prevent them from meeting people if you let it, if you let it. And I think that um, everybody can, can meet people. Um, there's different ways to do it now. Obviously, you know. Now, for someone like Rich, does uh, you know? Do do you think maybe a dating app or other online communities might make more sense because of his limited mobility? Yeah, to I think initially to mm-hmm. meet people, I th- you know I think, and don't get me wrong, I think apps, you know, are fine for meeting people, but it's it's not a mechanism with which to date. And Understood. what I mean by that is, you know, get to the telephone where you can talk to somebody. Get to a situation where you can meet in person. And if you're able to do those things, I think you can mm. you can filter out and, and find, um, you know, someone that you can be compatible with, someone that you can spend time with. I think there's a lot of people looking for companionship. Hey, Rich, wow. uh, best of luck to you. Uh, let us know how it goes. All right. Thank you for calling. And peace all the way. Chicago deep. Yes. Yes. There you go. I know David in the Boogie Down Bronx will roll with me on the New York Thin Crust. Hey, David. (laughs) Hey, I've been to Chicago twice, and I never actually had the pizza, so I can't comment one way or the other. Well, again, as far Um, as pizza goes, you you don't necessarily have to go there. I mean, I've never been to Chicago, but I've still tried the pizza. I mean, it is available elsewhere. I mean, they do let you export it elsewhere. It's not like uh, (laughs) they do ship it. It's not like a panda in China or anything like that. (laughs) Oh, okay. I, I wasn't aware. Um, I have a sort of a serious question. Sure. Um, I'm curious, Dana, and I know that you seem to have had a supportive ex uh, who was friendly with his children and everything. Oh, but what about that. women and men who have <laughs> a, an acrimonious re- re- relationship with their ex? What are they to do? Because I've been single my entire life, and I'll be honest. I've been reluctant to date women with children because I've always been worried about what the ex is like. Right. It's about, uh, that's a great and question. I, and I, I actually, while I said I support, you know, my ex and, and his marriage, you know, I, my relationship with him personally is acrimonious and it's about boundaries. That's, you know, you, what you, you know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with dating people with children I think, number one, you need to make sure that the person you're dating is over that relationship and has processed that relationship such that they can move on and, in fact, move on. And the other thing, I think um, there's a difference between separating the the ex-spouse 
from the parent. And when you get down to parenting, there's very little involved that's actually shared. A lot of times people are still muddled, mired in control issues, manipulation issues, using children as pawns, etc. Some of the best advice that I got was that you only need one parent to sign a permission slip. And what that means is that parenting, you know, co-parenting doesn't involve uh, you don't have to collaborate on everything. You don't have to do everything mm. together. You have your time with kids and, and um, you know, your ex has their time with kids. And that's just kind of how you do things. It's about I wouldn't be afraid to date people with children because I think there's a lot of great people who have had great life experiences that can enhance and enrich you as well as what you bring to them. But it's just about finding someone who's got appropriate boundaries. What I always tell people is you never want your past to impact your future. Uh, David, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. It's a great question. 800-848-9222. We're going to continue with Dana Michelle straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. top of the hour. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano here with Dana Michelle, who has been a delight uh, for the hour. Uh, Dana, let me ask you about another television talk show host uh, from Chicago who also happens to be a woman of color because today is actually also Woman of Color Day. Uh, and that's Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yes, and she, she is now exiting the board of Weight Watchers after she announced her use of the weight loss drug Ozempic. Uh, what do you make of this? She was on the board for about 10 years, and now she's out. Should she have kept this Ozempic use to herself? What do you think? No, I appreciate I appreciate Oprah's transparency, and I also appreciate the way Oprah moves, right? Oprah leaves when she's on a high note. You know, she's not going to leave when the credits are rolling and things are over. Um, you know, these are her personal decisions, and, um, you know, I think we can all appreciate them so to speak. I don't think it was even misleading, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have to I have to kind of think about it a little bit, but I think that she she does what she does. I mean, we all know she's been very transparent about her weight loss struggles. Um, and I think we're in a we're in an era now, like with Ozempic, um, it uh, from what I understand, it addresses diabetes. It, it was oh, yeah, originally that was intended the, yeah. to be but but obviously you know people are using it for all different types of reasons but if it helps control her weight loss um and get her to a place where she feels good about herself then i think that's nobody else's business you know but hers 
Now, well, well said. I, I can't uh, can't can't argue with that. I want to get in at least one more call here before we run out of time. Sure. And also, um, I also want to thank uh, Stacy Marie. Speaking of uh, yes. matchmakers, who uh, connected us uh, <laughs> exactly. totally platonically and professionally. Yeah, exactly. If my wife is listening, a year and a half ago, and uh, really grateful for uh, for that. Uh, but first, Stacey. let me say hello to uh, Chaim in Rockland. Chaim, we have about a minute here, but it's all yours. Hello, how are you guys? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, so, if I only have a minute, I'll just start with my uh, recommendation for New York. Oh, please. Is, uh, a, it's a wonderful little spot. It's a coffee shop. Do you like coffee, Dana? I'm drinking it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lawyer mom, of course. Give it to me. So, this place is called Cafe Reggio. It's on McDougal Street. You don't see it in almost any of the uh, McDougal's. That in the village? Anywhere. Yeah, it's not far from yeah. NYU. I NYU. Know I was going to say. I was like, I know McDougal. Uh, Cafe Reggio. That's yeah. that's a great uh, great Cafe suggestion. Cafe Reggio. It's one of the oldest coffee shops in New York. Okay. It is decorated, amazing, great place for a date for anybody listening. And yeah. um, I have not been there in a while, so hopefully they still exist. They've been there for over a hundred years or something like that. First. They they say that they're the first place to serve a cappuccino in New York. I don't know if that's true, but they do have one of those old cappuccino machines. They're, they're still around, oh. still around, Chaim. Uh, great, great okay, suggestion. Also, uh, my friend Obi Murray, who uh, I know is also uh, mourning the loss of a, a close family member this week, and we're thinking about him. He says you should walk the Brooklyn Bridge and then go to the Brooklyn Grimaldi's. Walk over the Brooklyn Bridge and oh, then wow. go to Grimaldi's in Brooklyn. That was his suggestion. That's a and great suggestion. A couple other people wrote to me that Wohop is no longer twenty four. Hours. It hasn't been for a couple of years. So what? it goes to show you how long what? I've been out of the Wohop game. Hey, Dana, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. We're going to do denunciations in just a bit. Look up Dana Michelle on social media. Find her at Dana being Dana. And definitely look up the homecoming challenge. Might be something you want to do come the fall. Keep asking questions. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.